Uh, we want to welcome you back to Sunday night study. Glad that you're here. Proverbs chapter 1, uh, we're going to start in verse 20. We're in an endeavor of uh, studying wisdom literature on Sunday nights and we're going to take a tackle at Proverbs. I think it would be helpful as we jump in to think about wisdom and, and more pointedly, a question from wisdom. Um, in this section, and we talked about the different ways in which uh, Solomon uh, works and teaches about wisdom, and here tonight he uses personification. He's going to uh, picture wisdom as a person. More specifically, he's going to picture wi- wisdom as a woman. Ladies, you do with that what you will, okay? But he personifies uh, wisdom as a woman. Now, before you go too far, he'll also picture foolishness as a woman. So, you know, men do with that what you will. But um, this section, uh, wisdom here is pictured as female, and she has uh, a question or two for us. So that's what tonight's question or message is about, is questions from wisdom. Uh, wisdom goes to the city gates. Uh, she goes, which was um, not something that we have as much of today, the marketplace, the city gates, the, the noisy streets and so forth that uh, we'll hear about in just a minute. But in that culture, it was the place where everyone went, not just to conduct business, not just to purchase food, supplies, and goods, but it was also a place where you caught up with people. It was a place where you learned about the happenings in the news um, and about the world uh, at, at that time, what was happening in their community. <clears throat> the world was a much smaller place, so it's hard for us to picture this because we live in a world where it's instantaneous uh, all the time. We have instant breaking news. In fact, I always kind of laugh about breaking news. That's, you know, it doesn't seem like there's any news that's not breaking anymore. It's always, it's, it's, everything's breaking. So, um, we live in a world that's, it's much faster and things happen much more quickly. Theirs was a lot slower. So you went to the marketplace, you went to the city streets, you went to the city gates, and you learned what was happening, not just with, uh, work and, and money, but with people's lives and in their families and, did you know this person that passed away? And had you heard what happened over in this city? And did you heard here they were attacked by? So it was it was a place for socialization, for debating ideas, uh, for handling legal issues. See some Old Testament stories about that, um, and having good discussion about important ideas. <clears throat> here, wisdom comes to the city gates. And she asks a provocative question. And so let's jump into, starting verse 20 of Proverbs 1. Wisdom cries aloud in the street. In the market she raises her voice. At the head of the noisy streets she cries out. At the entrance of the city city gates she speaks. How long, O simple ones, will you love being simple? How long will scoffers delight in their scoffing and fools hate knowledge? So she's a- 
asking here, sort of a rhetorical question, and you say, well, what's a rhetorical question? I say, exactly. A rhetorical question is a question, not really for discussion, but a a question that a speaker would ask, not expecting the audience to respond, but the question uh, sparks thought, sparks an idea, uh, sparks a thesis, if you will. And her question is very simple. How long will you simple people uh, love being simple? Now, this idea of simplicity is, we've got to be careful with, um, in our modern language, in our modern vernacular, the idea of simple means you're a person with, you know, basic, this is what Gen Z would call basic, right? That's, that's simplicity, simple. And that's not always a bad thing. Here, simplicity tends to refer to people who live godlessly, those without a moral compass. So we've got to make sure we understand. She's saying, how long will you, who lack wisdom, continue to live without wisdom? How long will scoffers delight in scoffing and fools hate knowledge? We're not talking about information here. We're talking about wisdom from God. We see a lot of scoffing. Pay attention to TikTok or Instagram or Reels. Uh, There's lots of people who make actually a pretty good influential kind of living scoffing and mocking God and God's ways and God's truth. So we get this rhetorical question from wisdom, and it's question, as we might put it, is when will we stop living our way and instead humble ourselves to God's ways? Uh, this, these questions spark in mind some thoughts for me. Uh, one, foolish people don't often pursue wisdom. Foolish people are, are very happy and content in their foolishness. Uh, living, and again, we've talked about before, Foolishness doesn't mean unintelligent. Foolishness from this wisdom literature means without God. And there's lots of people who are very happy and content living what the Bible would call a foolish life. They're happy, they're content with that. They don't see themselves as a sinner in need of grace. They see themselves as, I'm basically a good person. They don't live their life to please God above. They live their lives to please themselves. They don't really concern themselves with God's knowledge or God's wisdom. They're happy with their own wisdom. Um, There are sometimes smart people who don't seek wisdom. In addition, foolish people never seek wisdom or pursue it. Sometimes there are smart people who don't seek wisdom, and that seems a little more challenging to think about. We all know, uh, maybe not personally, but in the news and famous people who are very intelligent and yet they don't have any interest in God or God's ways. Uh, Sometimes they come around. Uh, I was watching a video by a a guy by the name of Russell Brand. I don't really know Russell. He's sort of a comedian kind of guy. That's about all I know of him. But uh, this video, he seems to be coming around as he considers Jesus Christ. Well, you know, if he's sincere, Proverbs would say, 
he's finally seeking wisdom. He's leaving behind simple ways. That's a good thing. If he's sincere, uh, and we should certainly pray that, that that is the case and pray for Russell. Um, not because he's Russell, but because there could be a great advancement of the gospel for people who follow him. All right. So the pursuit of wisdom, sometimes uh, foolish people never pursue it. Sometimes even smart people don't seek it. But this picture reminds us that, that wisdom still pursues fools. And the fools who wisdom uh, goes after are fools who are tired of being fools. Fools who look around and say, is this really what life is about? Isn't there more to it? Uh, fools who have lived enough life that they say, you know what? I, okay, I've, I've been there, done that. I've got the t-shirt. But is there more to it? This is the type of fool that wisdom seeks. A reminder that God desires that all people come to the truth, that all people uh, yearn for wisdom and yield to it. So, uh, first question is, will we seek her? Will we seek wisdom? Let's go verse 23 through 25. If you turn at my reproof, behold, I will pour out my spirit to you. I will make my words known to you. Because I have called and you have refused to listen, have stretched out my hand and no one has heeded. Because you have ignored all my counsel and would have none of my re reproof. And we'll kind of stop there for just a second. <clears throat> Wisdom seeks us, so the first question is, will we seek her? The second is, wisdom blesses us. But the question is, do we desire the blessing? Sometimes we're offered a blessing and we really don't see it as a blessing at the time, and so we have no desire for it. Um, you can look back in your life and think about times when someone blessed you, and maybe you didn't realize what a blessing it was. My great aunt and uncle... Um, when I was in high school, my very first car was a 1972 Ford Galaxy. Um, if you don't know what a 1972 Ford Galaxy is, it is described in the name. It's a galaxy that aptly describes uh, this monstrous beast of a car. Okay? There was ample room for at least six people, bench seats front and back. Um, plenty of room for six people. Six good-sized people, and, uh, and, and then that much more for six more people in the trunk. Uh, it was a lot of room. It's a great car to drive, to learn to drive on, because once you learn to drive uh, a, a, a massive vessel like that, once you learn to, to, to drive a yacht, then driving a sailboat is much easier by comparison. So I... This is my first car and drove it for a couple of years and began to have some problems. And so um, began to go on, on the search for a different car. And uh, the only problem was I didn't really have any money. And uh, my great aunt and uncle sold me their car. They had just bought a different car and they sold me 
their car, which was a 1987 Chevy Cavalier. Christy remembers the Cavalier. We, I think, went on our first day in that car. Um, I mean, that was a massive upgrade for me. It's it, it still, as the kids say, very, very basic, okay? But it was a massive upgrade for me. And they sold me that car for $300. Which in 19, it's even, this has been 1994-ish, somewhere in there, 30 years ago. It was, a, it was a, an amazing blessing. The car had like 50,000 miles on it. They never drove it. Um, and uh, I didn't realize what a blessing it was. I just thought, well, I was just getting a good deal, and, and I thanked them for it, and I paid them the $300, and uh, they even let me do it, and <laughs> I did like $200 and had to pay them 100 later, but they weren't doing it for the money is the point, and you understand that. They were doing it for a blessing. Um, and sometimes someone offers you something that's a blessing, and you mistake it, and you don't see it for the blessing that it is. Maybe you've been like that in your life, had things that were a blessing in your life, and you didn't realize what a blessing they were until you didn't have them any longer. Wisdom says, I desire to bless you, but you've got, you, you have to desire me. Wisdom says, I'll pour out my spirit, I'll make my words known, I'll stretch out my hand. And this is interesting to me. Wisdom is not some elusive, mysterious, enigmatic quality that we must strive and, and study and, and just, you know, fill our heads with. That's knowledge. Wisdom is simply the truth of God. And wisdom desires us, as God desires us. Yet, we must desire her. Um, wisdom seeks to be an equitable relationship. What I mean by that is she desires those who desire her. Wisdom desires those who want to grow wiser, who want to be wiser, who want to um, begin living according to God's way. If we seek her and if we desire her, Wisdom, the relationship with wisdom will be a wonderful blessing. And if we love her well, she will bless us. Now, I'm going to give you an example, which is a one-sided example, okay? And it's not unironically at the end of Proverbs. The wise wife, uh, the godly wife, the description of her, and... In the description of her in Proverbs chapter 31, it says this. Speaking of the wife of noble character, and it describes her at length. And in verse 10, I'm just going to read two, two parts of that description. An excellent wife who can find, she is far more precious than jewels. The heart of her husband safely trusts in her. And he will have no lack of gain. Catch this here. This is an illustration, okay? Husband has a wise wife. She loves God. And she wants to be godly. And she pursues God. And 
she is described as an excellent wife. And her worth is far more precious than anything you have in your accounts or your portfolios, any sort of commodities you could have. The greatest blessing to this man is his wife. And it says, verse 11, the heart of her husband trusts in her. He trusts her. He trusts her completely and fully Uh, Without reservation, there is no lack of trust in her. And because of his trust in her, the scripture says he will have no lack of gain. Okay. Uh, Been married going on 25 years this August. And I've learned that. I didn't learn it quickly because I'm kind of a slow learner. But I've learned that if we're making a decision and Christy doesn't feel good about it, I usually, am not. I, even if it's something I want to do, if she doesn't feel right about it, I pay attention to that. The heart of her husband safely trusts her, and he will have no lack of gain. I'm not, I'm not great when it comes to discerning people. I'm not great at always making the right decision. But she helps me in that. She pursues wisdom. And, when, and as I pursue her and trust in her, I have no lack of gain. And that's been a blessing, a wonderful blessing to, to me. And it's been a wonderful blessing to our marriage as well. So, uh, in the same way, God's wisdom desires you. It's my hope, and it's the hope of Scripture, that, that you would desire her. That you will receive her spirit Listen to her words. Stretch out your hand and put, it, put her wisdom into practice. Let's continue in verse 26 of Roman, uh, Proverbs 1. Now, she started to say, because you've ignored, because you haven't listened, because you didn't heed, verse 26, I will also laugh at your calamity. I will mock when terror star- strikes you. When terror strikes you like a storm and your calamity comes like a whirlwind, when distress and anguish come upon you, then they will call upon me, but I will not answer. They will seek me diligently, but not find me. Because they hated knowledge and did not choose the fear of the Lord, would have none of my counsel and despised all of my reproof. Therefore, they shall eat the fruit of their way and will have their fill of their own devices." Wisdom will not force us, and wisdom will not forget. Here's the truth about consequences. Every choice we make in life has a consequence. We think of consequence in a negative, and most of the time it is, but there are positive consequences as well. Wisdom yields blessing, blessing upon blessing upon blessing. I just The more that we pursue God's wisdom and learn to love it, the more blessings are just stacked. That's not prosperity gospel. That is the fruit of wisdom. When you pursue her, she's nothing but a blessing to you. She cannot help but be a blessing. And foolishness yields many consequences. Look at the list. Calamity, terror, distress, anguish. Just a quick
quick little quiz here. Have, have you seen any calamity, terror, distress, or anguish in our world happening? Okay. Just a tiny bit. Well, that's the result of foolishness. That's the result of people saying, I don't need God's wisdom, thank you very much. I'm good just doing, doing it our way, to quote Sinatra. Well, wisdom says, that's fine. You can go that route, but just know that when calamity, terror, distress, and anguish come your way, don't come crying to me. <laughs> don't seek me out when it's time to reap the harvest that you have sown. A question I thought in reading this test, does God, does God desire these bad things? Is, is God, does God you know, kind of take a little bit of a smile when people reject him and then they, they reap the whirlwind? No. No, God, God does not love when his children, people made in his image, suffer. Think of it like this, although I'm not there quite yet, but for those of you with adult children, okay, they're out of your the the, the roof that you have provided, they're they're outside of your rules and your ways. And for some of you, this sounds like a very exciting time of life. Finally, right? Um, but parents, what's that like for you? as you watch your children, as you watch them grow and mature, and, and they have now the responsibility to make the choices, and you, you pray for them to make the right choices. You hope that they will pursue wisdom. You, you want nothing but the best for your children. But you cannot force their hand. Now let's just pretend that you have two adult children one that's gone the way of wisdom and one that's gone the, gone the way of foolishness. Do you ever love the one who pursues the way of wisdom more? Well, I don't think so. I don't think a parent ever stops loving their children even when they go the way of the fool. And how do you respond as a parent when you watch your grown children go into a way that will hurt them, you know it will be a very hard way. You know they will suffer greatly. They will take on calamity, terror, distress, and anguish. When they do, and they call, will you just smile and say, I told you so. I told you. I told you it was going to be hard. Ha, 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 ha. No, I don't, I don't really think that's how that phone call will go. Think of the, the dad in the story of the prodigal son. He loved his son. He didn't want him to go leave his house. He didn't, but he let him make those choices. And when, when the foolish son came to his senses and finally repented, he began the, the long journey home. And he practices what he's going to say. Okay, I'm going to come up with something good here so dad takes me back in. 
What's the father doing? As soon as he sees his son, he's running toward him. Because he only wants his son to live in the house of wisdom. To live in the fruit of wisdom. He doesn't desire that his son would suffer. But he knows that he will if he doesn't live according to God's way. I believe the same is true with God. The scripture says he does not desire that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. But God knows his way is best. He doesn't know that arrogantly or confidently. Uh, He knows that because it's true. And he wants his children to live according to his way, Because it's the best way. So, no, God does not desire bad things to happen to foolish people. But he will not force anyone to choose the way of wisdom. And so, the one thing we cannot do is force wisdom upon others. Now, I preach wisdom most every week. We have a deep bench of capable and qualified teachers and preachers here at Northside who teach God's wisdom every week. Um, But it's up to you to receive it and to live by it. Steve um, used to have this saying, I don't know how often he said it, but he said it quite a few times. At the end of his lesson, he would say, the lesson is yours. And then he'd offer the invitation. And I thought about that. He was saying, you know, because I, I, I get that now. You know, I go through a process of study and thinking and outlining and editing and all that. And the lesson is mine. You know, I've, I've conceived it. I've developed it. I've nurtured it. I've delivered it. And at the end of all that, I give it to you. It's the question from wisdom. What will you choose? (laughs) So what do we conclude? Verses 32 through 33. The simple are killed by their turning away, uh, by their turning away, and the complacency of fools destroys them. But whoever listens to me will dwell secure and will be at ease without dread. Of disaster. God desires that his children be wise. God desires that his children enjoy the blessings of wisdom and, of course, true, the greatest spiritual wisdom in Christ Jesus. But here's the catch to that we must want wisdom as well. Our nature is to want. In opposition, there's an old saying that goes, uh, As a rule, man's a fool. When it's hot, he wants it cool. When it's cool, he wants it hot. Always wanting what it's not. A number of people, including myself, have complained about the cold weather. Okay, We're looking forward to sunshine. It's weird to kind of put on this sweater. I don't know, it feels weird. We're in that in-between. This week it's going to get warmer. You know, hopefully going to keep getting warmer through spring and into summer. 
there will come a time when it gets hot enough that we start complaining again. Say, I can't wait till it cools off. And then when it does, we'll say, it's too cold. Okay. So, God, God's nature is so much better and, and, of course, opposite of ours. God wants what's best for us. We must want wisdom first. And if you want wisdom and you truly seek her, you'll not only have her, but you'll have all the blessings that come with her. And if you don't seek wisdom, if you don't care about wisdom, if you're apathetic toward wisdom and complacent toward her, you not only won't find her, but she'll never find you. And so the question is, will you seek her? Will you desire her blessing? And will you choose her, not just today, but all of your days? That's a question to think on. Well, it looks like the Chiefs are going to the Super Bowl, 17-10. to 10. I didn't hear any of you yelp an exclamation, but apparently the game finished some time ago. So uh, I did put my Chiefs socks on right here. You'll see that. You now know why they won. Let's finish with a word of prayer. Father, we thank you for your love for us and your grace to us. We thank you for your wisdom, not our wisdom. Uh, your wisdom gives life. Your wisdom produces fruit. Your wisdom protects us. Your wisdom guides us. Your wisdom brings us not only to life eternal, but to abundant life each and every day while here on earth. And we're grateful for that. Father, we ask your forgiveness because <clears throat> we've all been fools at times. We've all selfishly pursued our own way, each of us looking to our own desires. I pray that we would not be so in the future, but that each and every day of life that you give us, we will completely and fully and without reservation or hesitation seek your wisdom with all of our heart and soul, mind and strength. And in so doing, Father, we pray that she, as she always does, lead us to you and that she will continue to watch over us the rest of our days. Father, we pray um, for all those who are still in foolishness, who have yet to receive the gift of grace through Jesus Christ. We pray for them. And if you would use us, Father, to reach them, be they our family, friends, neighbors, co-workers, uh, we would ask that you would use us in that way. Father, thank you for your love. Uh, we know that you love us because of Jesus. And it's in, his humble na in our, this humble name that we pray. Amen.